Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here. And it is Sunday, so we're doing breaches of the week. And as always, I want to start by thanking the following people that sent me a lot of these. And that would be Barrett Peterson, Andy Jenkinson, Jay Dance, and Chris Fallon. Guys, thank you very much. And if I missed you, I'll get you next week. And if you have a tip for me, please send it my way and I'll give you a shout out here, but also on my nationally syndicated radio show as well. And with that, let's dive in because this week is like hell week for healthcare. Here's what's up. New York Presbyterian Hospital is the first one we're going to be talking about because they just notified approximately 12,000 patients of a breach that occurred in September of this year. They received an alert of suspicious server activity on September 8th, and here we are. Now, they were able to block unauthorized attempts. However, further investigation revealed that the third party had, quote, used a cloud-based remote information technology customer support program to gain access to laptops of several of its workforce members, copying and removing desktop files from some of the devices. In other words, they probably just slapped on TeamViewer, and here we are. Now, one of the compromised laptops contained protected health information, or PHI, belonging to New York Presbyterian Queens, New York Presbyterian Hudson Valley, and other New York Presbyterian, uh, basically, outlets. So heads up to you if you use New York Presbyterian for your healthcare needs. Moving on. Let's continue with healthcare because, again, this is this week. North Carolina-based Gateway Ambulatory Surgery Center is notifying 18,479 individuals of a phishing attack that may have resulted in unauthorized access to two of Gateway employee email accounts between February 14th through May 10th of this year. Although Gateway first discovered this incident on April 6th, it began notifying everybody October 31st. We're talking patient names, health insurance information, medical history, health benefit enrollment information, patient account numbers, and dates of service. For some individuals, social security numbers and driver's license numbers were also impacted, so heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about community health network. This is out of Indiana, and this is an interesting one because community health patients may find themselves getting targeted ads from Facebook and Google that mention their medical conditions after the health network discovered a data breach may have led to certain patient information being transmitted to web tracking technology vendors. Now, community health uh, basically stated that there's no indication that sensitive information like social security numbers or financial account info uh, basically was collected, but information that could have been transmitted were uh, the IP address of your computer or internet connection, dates and times and locations of scheduled appointments, healthcare provider information, type of appointment or procedure scheduled, communications that occurred through my chart, which could include first and last names and medical record numbers, information and insurance coverage, basically about the names on my chart as well. And this is actually really interesting because there should be a law here that basically says if a third-party web aggregator advertising platform gets this kind of information, they should not be allowed to advertise as this was illegally stolen. Moving on. Let's talk about Christus Spawn Health System in, in the state of Texas. Again, I have yet to uh, get to anything else um, uh, outside of healthcare. They got hit with a cybersecurity breach resulting in personal and sensitive information being stolen from their patients. According to the letter that they sent to affected customers, the attackers obtained these files uh, on patients between April 9th and May 4th of this year. We're talking patient name, address, date of birth, and social security numbers. So heads up, Krista Spawn Health Network out of Texas. Moving on. 
Let me give you an update on Fenuel. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. They just agreed to a class action settlement to resolve claims about their security measures or lack thereof that resulted in an August 21st, uh, August 2021, excuse me, data breach. And basically the settlement uh, benefits uh, consumers who were mailed a notification that their personally identifiable information was impacted by uh, Fanul's data breach on August 18th of 2021. Now, class members can claim up to $500 for ordinary losses such as bank fees, communications charges, and credit-related uh, charges. His $500 cap, I should say, also includes claims for lost time. Class members can claim up to three hours of lost time at a rate of $20 per hour for a maximum of $60. Class members who lived in California can also collect an additional $50 subject to the $500 ordinary loss limit thanks to CCPA. Individuals who experience actual documented and unreimbursed losses can collect up to $5,000. So heads up to you if you know what Fanuli is, F-A-N-E-U-I-L, and you got caught up in this as well. Moving on. Let's talk about the Rosewood Corporation because on November 17th, they reported a data breach with the Attorney General of Texas after an unauthorized party was able to access sensitive consumer information uh, basically in their network. We are talking about names, addresses, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, government IDs, and health insurance information belonging to certain individuals being compromised. Recently, Rosewood sent out uh, basically a letter of breach notification, so heads up if you have anything to do with the Rosewood Corporation. Moving on, I want to give you an update on Spencer Gifts because uh, basically, and this is a name I haven't heard in quite some time, they also agreed to a class action settlement over a 2021 data breach that basically happened between November uh, 24th through the 26th of last year. Now, under these terms, class members can receive reimbursement uh, up to $500 as well, uh, such as bank fees, communication charges, postage, travel costs, all those kinds of things. And you can also collect up to $3,000 for extra extraordinary expenses such as reimbursement monetary losses. Over 1,000 class members who lived in California can also receive an additional $50. Again, CCPA paying off for those in that state. Moving on, let's talk about AAA collections because on November 16th of this year, they reported a breach to the Montana Attorney General's office after they learned an unauthorized party was able to access sensitive consumer information within their system. So, they have not published a notice of breach. Uh, however, it is looking like uh, we are talking about social security numbers, financial account information, government IDs, or protected health information, meaning they are a medical uh, collection agency, probably other debts as well. Recently, AAA Collections sent out breach letters to affected parties as well. Moving on, let's talk about Sierra College because on November 9, Sierra College reported a breach to the Montana Attorney General after they got hit with ransomware. According to Sierra College, we are talking about names, addresses, passport numbers, driver's license numbers, social security numbers, financial account information, and medical information on students and employees. They also sent out notices as well. Moving on, let's talk about Middletown Valley Bank because on November 14th, they also reported to Montana's Attorney General after they had unauthorized uh, parties into their network. And in this case, we're talking about names, financial account numbers, social security, driver's license numbers, passports, and other identifying information. So heads up to you, Middletown Valley Bank customers. Moving on. Innovative Service Technology Management Services, which is really weird. Innovative Service Technology Management Services, services twice, 
They did it so nice. Now, apparently on November 16th, but I guess their breach isn't so nice. Uh, basically, on November 16th, they also uh, responded, or I should say registered with uh, Montana's Attorney General. And according to them, we are talking about names, birth date, social security numbers, driver's license numbers, passport numbers, financial account information, and medical billing information. And recently, IST Management also sent out breach letters as well. Moving on, let's talk about Arkansas Medicaid clients, because according to the Arkansas Department of of Human Services, or DHS, the agency discovered a breach of Medicaid client information and is notifying said affected client. Now, this basically uh, was explained on September 16th. An employee sent messages from her DHS email to her personal Yahoo account with client information attached. These attachments had Excel spreadsheets used to notify, uh, basically, the Department of Health on the number of Medicaid clients diagnosed with the flu. Some of this information included Medicaid recipient IDs, dates of birth, gender, county, zip code and flu diagnosis for 925 people. However, no names, social security numbers, addresses, or financial information were included. And so heads up, if you're on Medicaid in Arkansas, you might have been caught. And I'm willing to bet that that this employee just wanted to work from home and thought, oh, well, this will be fine. I can just email this to myself and then continue to work, you know, after hours or whatever it is. That's my guess. Hoping it's not malicious. Nevertheless, a data breach is a data breach. Moving on. Let's talk about large contractor Booz Allen Hamilton. They dis, uh, basically disclosed a made data incident potentially uh, exposing the personally identifiable information of active employees. Now, while working at the company, a now former employee downloaded a copy of an internal report that was improperly stored on their internal SharePoint site. Uh, databreaches.net reported that the compromised data included employees' names, social security numbers, compensation, that's fun, gender, race, ethnicity, data of birth and U.S. government security clearance eligibility. The company says their investigation indicates uh, indicates no intent to misuse the data on the part of that former employee. It's unclear how many employees were impacted, but Booz Allen currently employs 29,300 individuals. Affected employees apparently have been notified and offered credit monitoring. So heads up to you. If you work at Booz Allen, I would imagine you'd know by now. Moving on. Let's talk about Upanor because on November 5th, they basically got hit with a ransomware attack that impacted operations in both their European and North American facilities. The company took immediate actions to investigate and remediate. Now, based on the investigations, Upanor has evidence of a data breach affecting Upanor's employee, customer, and other partners' data. According to Upanor's current knowledge, uh, the breach data has not been published yet, let's say in the dark web or any other public domain. Now, regarding Upanor, business, the company's operations apparently are still affected by the attack as of November 18, two days ago, uh, but the company is making continuous progress on its recovery. So heads up to you, up and or anything. Moving on, let's talk about Old Point National Bank, because on November 9th, they also reported data breach with the Montana Attorney General after the company learned that an unauthorized party was able to access an employee's email account that contained sensitive information belonging to certain bank customers. This is like a broken record this week. Now, according to Old Point, we're talking names, driver's license numbers, photos, uh, social security numbers, bank account numbers, and balances being compromised. Recently, Old Point set up data breach letters as well. Moving on. Let's talk about the Sacramento Correctional Health out of California, specifically their patients, because for nearly five months, <coughs> excuse me, thousands of Sacramento County Correctional Health patients had their information exposed to the public, in, uh, basically to the public internet in a data breach by a county contractor. And this is Sacramento County disclosing this this past Thursday. Now, 
Between January 2nd through July 6th, two unsecured folders containing the health information of 5,372 Sacramento County Correctional Health patients was exposed to the internet by Correct Care Integrated Health, uh, Inc. This is basically the contractor for the county, and obviously they've notified those people. So if you've been to county jail in Sacramento, California, uh, you might be one of those 5,372, especially if you had any kind of healthcare work done. Heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about the Suffolk Police in the United Kingdom, because an investigation was launched after Suffolk Police accidentally published the names and addresses of victims of sexual assault on their website. Not good at all. Now, information published uh, basically on their website is believed to have contained victims' names, addresses, dates of birth, and details of the alleged offenses committed on them. Now, a member of the public told the news, basically told the newspaper of record in Suffolk that hundreds of victims were apparently uh, basically exposed. Now, Suffolk police said that the data was accessible to the general public for a short period of time before removing it after they were made aware, obviously, of this breach or clearly a mistake. But obviously, that is a huge problem. You're talking about very traumatic people. People, or if uh, you know somebody's got a stalker or disgruntled ex or whatever it is that can find that information, that is not good at all. So they got it cleared up, but but we may see fallout from that. Obviously, I'll keep you up to date. Moving on, let's talk about Russian scooter sharing service known as Woosh which actually is a pretty good name for a scooter sharing service. And here we are. They confirmed a data breach after attackers started to sell a database containing the details of 7.2 million customers on a hacking forum. Now, Woosh is Russia's leading urban mobility service platform operating in four cities throughout that country and ha basically have over 75,000 scooters. And this is basically the worldwide. You can go to any major city here in the United States and you won't see Woosh, but you will see other companies, just scooters littered everywhere. Now, this past Friday, uh, basically a threat actor began selling that stolen data, which allegedly contained promotion codes that can be used to access the service for free, as well as partial user identifications and payment card data. Given that Russia is currently in active warfare, kinetic warfare, and cyber warfare with Ukraine, who knows who did it, but it's probably all part of that front. That's my guess. That's my speculation. And finally, and we actually have a couple of finalies for you this week. Like I said, this was the week of healthcare. I want to say like 85% of what I just told you is about health, and it gets 10 times worse than everything I just mentioned, thanks to Common Spirit Health. And this is a big one for people in the United States. Heads up, this could very easily impact you. Now, Common Spirit Health was hit with a cyber attack on October 3rd, which basically forced them to take their computer systems online as a quote-unquote precautionary step. And that basically what is what they did after they shortly learned from this incident. Now, while it remains unclear whether patient health information was compromised, patients have reported the impacts of the cyber attack on their health care and treatments. Now, Common Spirit is a non-profit health system based out of Chicago, but they, they operate 100 40 hospitals, and more than 1,000 care sites across 21 states. And in 2019, Common Spirit treated over 20 million patients here in the United States, according to the website for Dignity Health International, which is part of the Common Spirit Health family. So if your health system, and you are in one of these 21 states, almost half of the states here in the United States, you might be affected by this. This is still unraveling. This is probably going to be one of those ones where we are going to see these subsidiaries 
essentially like Dignity Health International or whatever they're calling themselves, have to disclose data breaches because their parent company, the massive Common Spirit Health out of Chicago, got hit. Not cool for my hometown, but here we are. So heads up to you. I think I'm going to be for months probably disclosing here on Breaches of the Week all the common spirits as they start to essentially declare in 21 states across the union. That is huge. This was a crazy healthcare week, especially here in the U.S., but also around the world. And the other finally we have for you today, and we've got two more, if I recall, is China, because their state-sponsored hackers just created a major problem across an entire region of the globe. Now, a suspected Chinese state-sponsored actor breached a digital certificate authority as well as government and defense agencies located in multiple countries in Asia as part of an ongoing campaign since at least March of this year. Now, researchers at Symantec linked the attacks uh, basically to an adversarial group that it tracks under the name Billbug, citing basically the use of tools previously attributed to this actor. Now, the activity appears to be driven by espionage and data theft, although no data is said to have been stolen to date. Again, that's what they know. It doesn't mean that stuff hasn't been stolen. Now, Billbug goes by multiple names depending on the threat researchers. So Billbug is also known as Bronze Elgin, Lotus Blossom, Lotus Panda, Spring Dragon, and Thrip, and is considered an APT or Advanced Persistent Threat group that is believed to operate on behalf of Chinese interests for the Chinese government. Primary targets typically include government and military organizations and installations across Southeast Asia. Now, attacks mounted by the adversary in 2019 included the use of back doors like the Hanotog and Sager Nuex, or Sager Onex, I can never pronounce that one, and the intrusions, and these intrusions were observed in Hong Kong, Macau, Indonesia, Malaysia, the Philippines, and Vietnam. Now, both uh, basically of these implants are designed to grant persistent remote access to the victim network, even as a threat actor is known to deploy an information stealer known as Ketchumus, and basically, uh, in some cases, exfiltrate sensitive information through it. And I quote the report from Symantec, the targeting of a certificate authority is notable as if the attackers were able to uh, successfully compromise it to access certificates, they could potentially use them to sign malware with a valid certificate and help it avoid detection on victim machines. And this is exactly what happened with SolarWinds. Russian hackers broke in, they essentially poisoned the certificates, got them got them published through the authority, and as everybody was grabbing these certificates, they were able to backdoor malware through what is known as the OIP or Orion Improvement uh, Protocol for SolarWinds. This is going the same way. We use certificates to essentially... Uh, secure websites. The authorities are those third parties that validate the authenticity and security. So, and this again is a total overview. So all of my cybersecurity colleagues, I don't want to hear it. I'm talking, I'm talking nerd to English translation here. So if we are able to hit and compromise a certificate authority, it means that we might be able to publish malicious certificates or certificates where attackers have the ability to simply access the information, thus breaking that what you consider a secure encrypted link because they can simply decrypt it and read whatever they want. The these are huge problems that we are, are going to see. And this is not the first time we've seen a, a certificate authority gone after. And so we're going to be seeing these, I think, for years to come uh, as we continue to use digital certificates and certificate authorities to secure our websites and many other things. And finally, finally... We have to give you, an, or I should say I have to give you an update on the 2020 election here in the United States. And this is as unpolitical as I can make it here. I went looking for multiple sources and I actually found a local newspaper that seemed to be the most balanced. So please don't hate 
please don't hate. I'm trying to be honest, but we have to, or, or, or balanced and honest here. We just have to make sure that 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 we understand the news because this is important news as well. Here's what's going on: a Pennsylvania judge has recommended that the state's high court impose civil contempt penalties against basically a Republican majority county government that this past summer secretly allowed a third party to copy data from their voting machines used in the 2020 election. Obviously, uh, you know, and here we are. Now, the Commonwealth Court President Judge Renee Kahn Jubilier, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, probably not, but her 77-page report issued late Friday said that the July inspection and copying of computer data from machines rented by Fulton County was a willful violation of a court order designed to prevent evidence from being spoiled. Now, she went on to recommend that the justices find that the county, based on the action of those commissioners, Republicans Stuart Ulsh and Randy Bunch, quote, engaged in vexatious, obdurate, and bad faith conduct, end quote, in their lawsuit against the Department of State over whether a 2021 inspection by another outside group meant the machines could no longer be used. Now, the judge, who is also an elected Republican, recommended that the county be ordered to pay some of the state's legal fees that the Dominion voting systems machines in question and that the Dominion voting machines in question be turned over to a third party for safekeeping at the county's expense. And this is something that we obviously have seen a lot of. I don't care what your thoughts are on the last uh, you know, presidential election, Biden, Trump, I do not care. But this is also considered a data breach. Voting machines are supposed to be secured. Voting machines are supposed to have physical security, data security, and everything else around them. And, and if we are able to make copies of these things, then they are potentially able to be compromised. Because if you are using, let's say in this case, Dominion voting systems in County A, if the code, if the understanding of how that's configured in County A, counties B through Z that are potentially using those systems could also have the ability to potentially be compromised if you can figure out how to break into County A. And so this is obviously a huge thing. There has to be when investigating these things, and I'm not saying we don't investigate it. There are honest to God questions, you know, issues, concerns about anything. There has to be a legal process and a balanced process that involves independent third-party auditors. You can have, you know, your Republican and your Democrat observer and all of that come in, make sure that the chain of custody is good, make sure that the analysis is fair and proper, but to have one side do something or the other side do something is not the way it's supposed to work in a free and fair society. And so that is obviously an issue. I do not want to hear, Nick, you're an idiot or a communist or a fascist or whatever it is. These are the facts on the ground. That is the most nonpartisan way I can make it. Those were your breaches of the week. It was an absolutely bonkers week, especially for healthcare. And so hopefully next week will be a whole lot more calm. And there you go. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.